I do know that we are regularly nominated for and and oftentimes win various awards um, from different acapella societies that do annual reviews of music. Oftentimes, um, we'll do really well in categories like original song or original parody or religious content. And uh, those are great. I mean, we, we love getting those recognitions because it means that people in our industry at a very professional level are aware and are appreciative of the work. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. Our weekly podcast gives you the edge to live a more informed life. We discuss more than just St. Louis as we connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. Folks, if you've been around a little bit, you've known there are a variety of holiday songs, whether they are Christmas or Hanukkah-related. And one of the most outstanding songs I think I've ever heard is the Bohemian Hanukkah, a takeoff on Bohemian Rhapsody. And that is done by the group 613. And just to kind of give you a little bit about 613, they're an eight-award-winning album group. They are New York City-based. They performed on the Today Show, The View, CBS, CNN, performed at the White House, Kennedy Center, all over the place. And a group of six guys, and we happen to have their bass vocalist on the line, and he's a St. Louis native, which is an even better thing. Lior Melnick, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you so much, Arnold. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, folks, I want to give you a little background. You know, Lior, and you can you can say this, though, but you're not just a vocalist. You're a transportation engineer at VHB in New York City, big firm, planner, designer, with engineers and scientists, and you are the full-time consultant to the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey on the $16 billion JFK Airport redevelopment. That's That's a chunk, man. It's definitely a chunk. Definitely. <laughs> so tell us about 613. Give us a little background. Sure. So 613 has been around since 2003, uh, long before I was even aware of what acapella is or could be for me. Um, I joined the group two years ago, um, and at this point I'm the second newest member. Um, however, uh, the group's founder, Mike Boxer, has remained in the group since its inception, since he created it, uh, with a group of other students that were friends of his, uh, singing friends at the Binghamton University. And the group was founded in order to create uh, space for Jewish music in the acapella world in a way that it didn't exist at the time. 613 really was the groundbreaking group in so many ways, as far as defining the genre of Jewish acapella music, and uh, we're very proud of that history. I'm I'm very proud of that history, and also we, we do a lot of cool things. I mean, a lot of a lot of what people know us for in the popular sense is the usually holiday, usually Hanukkah time holiday parody videos that we put out. Of course, those have some kind of viral reach and. They, um, you know, shared around, and they're very, very fun, and we love making them. But there's an entire other side of the music that we make 
which is original music, which is something that very few other groups in our space of Jewish a cappella do, and it's something that we're very proud of as far as innovators in the world of Jewish music. Now, you, you sing bass, and all of the other vocalists, you know, there's no instrumentals going on. It's all a cappella, like you said. What in the world, the things that you guys, the sounds that you get, how does that happen? It's a great question, and uh, it's one of those funny quirks of singing a cappella. You learn from a very you know, early time in whatever group is your first group in a cappella that you have to just be silly with it sometimes, and you have to not be afraid to make ridiculous sounds of different imitations or different effects, because your only instrument is your voice, and... You know, whatever else is happening in the song that you are um, doing a cover of or whatever it is that is in your original composition, you only have that instrument, uh, which is just your voice. And so you really do have to be creative and really let loose as far as the sounds that come out of your mouth and the shapes that your mouth has to make to make those sounds as well. Now, a question, and this kind of relates to the original music that you do and then some of the parody music that you do. In either either case, how do you decide exactly what is going to be sung? Like maybe in the original, I'm just going to guess now, in the original music, is it all written out? Or do you just have a lead line and then you're all finding your parts along the way? And kind of in the parody, is that the same way? Or how does that work? Just walk us through that. Sure, it's a great question, and it's mostly the former, which is that someone who creates the composition, who composes the song, or if, if it's in the case of a, uh, of a parody or another cover, um, we usually will have one, sometimes two people from the group arranging the song for a cappella. And so it's up to them and their creative vision to determine what the various voices should be doing and saying and the sounds that they should be making and the notes that they should be covering. Uh, one of the unique things about a cappella, of course, without instrumental backing is that we have to create all of the chords ourselves. And so one of the challenges is that you have to have people on every single note that you want in the chord, uh, which is its own set of, of challenges as far as how to voice people and, and what everyone's individual parts are. But um, we do actually do some, I would say, more collaborative or improvisational work together. Oftentimes, someone will bring a finished arrangement to the group, and it'll change a little bit. It will, it will, be, it will morph based off of the creative instincts of the other musicians. And there's a kind of element of jamming, which is improvisational, which is, you know, whatever, whatever seems to move us as musicians in the moment, whatever makes sense for us, that oftentimes, you know, makes its way into the song in some way, shape, or form. And we do actually do one other style, which is completely improvisational, which is that in addition to our recorded music, we do also get hired for performances, some of which are stage performances where we will go and we will perform songs from our repertoire to a usually seated audience. But we also get booked for different 
kinds of celebratory events uh, within the Jewish world. So something like a bar mitzvah celebration, where there is a, a lunch after the, after the services at the synagogue, and we will be the entertainment. And so what that means is it will go from table to table and take song requests. And these we do not have prepared. We oftentimes have never, ever sung the song before. Sometimes some of the people who are there, you know, uh, in the group that, that day are not even familiar with the song or know it super, super well. But um, if enough people do know it, we'll usually, you know, give it a, give it a stab and that's entirely improvisational. And so there does need to be a really strong chemistry of working together and understanding, oh, like, I'm a lower voice, I'm going to cover these sets of notes, or, oh, I'm a higher voice, and so therefore I'm going to cover these sets of, of, of notes. What a lot of fun to be at a table listening to you guys after, you know, play this or sing this song, that, and then you guys just pull that off. That that's really speaks to your musicianship and the ability of how you all communicate. So when do you practice? Because you all have full-time jobs. Yes. Uh, we practice at a minimum one time per month, which uh, doesn't sound like a lot, and most of the time it isn't a lot. Um, there is a expectation that there will be a lot of part learning uh, prior to rehearsals and that you, each of us will come to rehearsals prepared uh, with what we're going to be working on that day. And um, we do cover a lot of ground in our rehearsal. And additionally, before each um, kind of what we call stage performances, uh, we'll also have a rehearsal to make sure that everyone is comfortable with the set and that we know when the breaks are and when the you know talking points are and that everyone is comfortable with the music that's on the set list for that day. So you have done tours in the past too, correct, prior to uh, COVID? I'm not sure we've ever done official tours, but we, uh, we do travel quite a lot for our performances. Um, usually they're one-offs, though, uh, where a specific venue or community will uh, hire us to come for entertainment. Now, uh, you, you've gotten a lot of accomplishments uh, and awards. Uh, as you've experienced and been with the group, what has been some of the highlights from uh, your perspective related to that? Yeah, it's, um, it's something that is, is always really nice uh, when other people recognize the work that you do uh, and appreciate it. Um, I would say I, I'm actually not so super familiar with all the different uh, awards that, um, that happen. Oftentimes these are kind of very niche like, acapella awards, and um, I'm always not I'm not always the one who's the most up to speed on them. I do know that we are regularly nominated for and and oftentimes win various awards um, from different acapella societies that do annual reviews of music. Oftentimes, um, we'll do really well in categories like original song or original parody or religious content. And uh, those are great. I mean, we, we love getting those recognitions because it means that people in our industry at a very professional level are aware and are appreciative of the work. Now, Lior, when did you really begin to feel like 
being a vocalist was something that you enjoyed. I know that you had done some work at the University of Pennsylvania, but did that occur prior to that when you were going to school here in St. Louis? You know, it's funny. It actually didn't. I had been involved in music for all of my life, playing instruments. Uh, I played piano as a child. I played clarinet. And then uh, when I was at John Burroughs School in St. Louis for high school, I um, switched from clarinet to tenor saxophone. And so I've always been around music, and music has always been something that is in my family and has been around in our house and in our home. But um, let's just say that puberty wasn't kind to me in my uh, vocal, you know, vocal range, vocal abilities. And so I didn't really, I didn't really consider it at all throughout high school. But I kind of found out about acapella, and I, a large part of that was actually finding out about the music of 613. So I was a fan long before I was in the group. Um, and it piqued my interest and my attention because I knew that I had a, a very low voice and I could sing some very low notes. And as I kind of practiced this out and tried it out on people, they were like, they reinforced that. And they said, wow, yeah, you, you really can sing quite low. Um, when I got to Penn, I wasn't expecting to be accepted to an acapella group, but was thrilled that I was. And I consider it the best blessing that came out of my time at the University of Pennsylvania because, A, it was an incredible experience in its own right um, during those four years and have incredible friendships with people um, still to this day that we get together regularly to hang out or to sing, or both. Um, but I'm also very grateful because um, I'm still doing it, which is uh, something that still blows my mind when I stop and think about it. And it's really become a very popular, uh, what I would call, style in, in not acapella as a, a style, but how harmony singing like this without instruments is becoming, I think, a lot more prominent. I've, I've seen a lot more of that, and especially with what I'm going to call, you know, beatboxing kind of phenomena that has occurred and, and brought in, uh, you know, back from 20 years. Do you see that as you go around or as you listen to other kinds of music or hear other kinds of a cappella groups? Yeah, I think, I think the popularity has definitely taken on a whole new level, and it's really incredible to be in this space during this moment in time. Um, I'm not sure exactly when you can, if you can, if or when you can pinpoint the kind of beginning of acapella in its modern sense, but I would credit a lot of it, if not all of it, to the group Rockapella mm-hmm. um, that started in, in the late 80s and popularized the genre in the 90s. Um, at right. that time, however, like they were really the only ones um, at least succeeding on the scale that you know that they were succeeding at. Um, and since then, though, in the mid-2000s, I would say it really took off at the college level, which then, you know, now as we've all grown up and have continued on into our lives, has continued to popularize that and make it more appealing uh, to the general populace. Now, your other hobby, I guess, as I would call it, would be photography. Where where did that yes. come from? Where did that come from? You know, I was just explaining this to someone the other day. Where did it come from? Um, it 
it came mostly from family trips. Um, my mother was always the family photographer throughout my childhood, and uh, I'm the oldest child of four, and so, you know, in, in the rare times when my mom would allow uh, someone else to take the photo other than her, it oftentimes fell to me um, as the oldest, and, and I was happy to do it. I think that that in itself sparked an interest um, and a curiosity about it and from a creative sense um, that really appealed to me and kind of ran with it from there. I uh, got my first you know, professional level camera after I graduated from college and um, since then I've turned it into a, a bit of a, of a side business um, for me with various opportunities to shoot events and or you know portraits for people and it really along with acapella i would say it really complements my work uh, my professional work which is mostly very analytical um, it complements with a very nice creative component you know and good musicians like yourself are always very analytical the math always runs uh, straight up and down or the you know, the kind of linear thinking, because you have to have that orientation to detail to be able to pull off physically and uh, emotionally and musically. And then once you once you get the, the technique down, you can actually enjoy the music and really make the music for what it is rather than being a technician. Did you, did you see that transformation or experience that transformation in your uh, singing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I would say throughout my time at the University of Pennsylvania, I was so focused on just getting it right and doing it right that it wasn't toward the end of my time there where I started to lean into the musicianship component and to really embellish the music and make my bass parts not just you know note for note exactly as intended by the arranger um, to really you know add my own flair to it or my own perspective and to bend notes, so to speak, here and there and to to slide around a little bit more and and just to have more fun with it. And once the the element of once the element of fun was the leading element instead of the element of, you know, must get the notes right, um, I think that really changed perspective. I will say, however, um, singing a cappella is still it's still quite challenging um, and it requires a lot of of practice to be able to, even with a new song, you know, it doesn't matter that I've been doing this now for 11 years. You know, anytime you learn a new song, you have to practice it a lot in order to be comfortable just with the bare minimum, which is getting the notes right, notes and rhythm. And then after that, once you're at a place where you're comfortable with it, that's when you can really take off and, um, and start performing it instead of, mostly just singing it. It still requires, you know, intensive listening, intensive, uh, uh, you know, detail to getting getting all the dynamics right and what how your part fits into the whole. It's not like you're just singing your line and that's the melody. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are going on with that. Now, now this yeah. this this question because you know you do sing the bass part and you're I'm not going to imitate that on some of the things that you do but because you're you're a lot of sometimes percussive or sometimes you're you're playing you're imitating the bass of a an electric bass or maybe an upright bass 
But as you've done that, and uh, the question's moving to how you got into the group, and was there an audition to get into the group, and exactly how did that audition work, if it was one? There was an audition, and uh, my story actually with trying to get into 613 started five years prior to the audition that ultimately landed me in the group. I actually, when I moved to New York after college, I of course knew about the group. I was a big fan and I reached out to, through a friend to one of the people in the group and he and I got a drink together and we chatted. Uh, It was great to meet him. And I of course also told him, I was like, look, I, I want to join the group. Um, Let me know please if and when that opportunity arises. And he was very kind. He said, you know, you have a good resume and everything, but, you know, right now we have space. Um, but, you know, we'll let you know if and when the time comes. So it was five long years later when, <laughs> um, and at this point I had already become uh, friendly with uh, several of the guys in the group and had actually sung with them in other acapella contexts. And so we were familiar with each other. They knew uh, who I was at that point and, they knew uh, my skills and, and what I could bring to the table. And when there was finally an opening for a bass singer, they invited me and I think only a handful of other people that they knew, kind of a closed audition. And um, I I went in for my 15-minute audition with them. They had asked me to prepare two background parts to uh, songs that you know were, are in the group's repertoire. One, I would say, was pretty straightforward, and one was really challenging with a lot of chromatic and non-chord notes. Um, And then they also asked for a solo. Um, And I performed those with them, uh, the solo, of course, to see how I am as a soloist and as a performer, and the background parts, because as you were just saying a few moments ago, the listening to each other is absolutely critical in acapella, and... I would say the, the most important thing for an acapella group is to have blend. You have to be able to blend with each other. And sometimes someone can be a great singer and really, just really talented and a really good background singer even, but if they don't have the right vocal quality, the right vocal tone that fits in with the group, it can make it a, you know, a no-go. Um, and, and that's oftentimes challenging to, to tell people. Um, but the blends worked in this case, and um, I was thrilled that they accepted me. Well, we're thrilled that they accepted you, too. We're, we're proud of you in St. Louis here. We've been talking to Lior Melnick. He is the bass vocalist for the group 613. They juxtapose traditional and contemporary Jewish music with a strong Jewish identity. They're fueled by, I love the soulful harmonies, and they do intricate arrangements. It's crazy, folks. And their signature dynamic, full band-like sound. It is a great mission that you guys have. And, Lior, I greatly appreciate you taking time to be on St. Louis in tune with us. Thank you so much for having me. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. Take time to look at the show notes on the website for everything that was mentioned on this episode. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Strickland.